Good morning again, and welcome to part four in a series where we are preparing ourselves for this new normal. In week one of the series, we reflected on God's invitation to become ambassadors of a kingdom that can't be shaken. And in week two, we reflected on God's invitation to become temples of his spirit rather than welcoming in spirits that bring fear and all kinds of other things. Last week, we explored the invitation to become part of a holy priesthood where we align our lives to rhythms that restore our strength and renew our minds and refresh our souls. Well, this week, what we're gonna do is we're gonna reflect on God's invitation to pursue real, authentic connection with people who are pursuing real, authentic connection with Him. Well, let's dive right in. If you're taking notes, I invite you to write this down. People have been social distancing from one another for a long time. Can I get an amen? For decades, people have been moving further and further away from real authentic connection, and they've been moving towards more and more virtual connection. And we've been paying the price for that. Too much virtual, not enough real, has contributed to record levels of loneliness and anxiety and depression and obesity and sleeplessness and addictions and so much more. And this lockdown has been waking people up. In the words of the great theologians, Cinderella, you don't know what you got till it's gone. When almost all of our real interaction was taken away, more and more people have been realizing how good it is to know your neighbors. More and more people have been realizing how healthy it is to let others see more of the real you online. And more and more people are realizing how much they miss spending time with people in person. I never noticed this before I, I typed it out. Can we put the word realize up on the screen? All right. The longer this goes on, the more I'm seeing that more people want to realize their lives. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. Virtual connection is a distant second. Can I get an amen to that too? Today's devices, they enable us to connect like never before. But even the best of virtual connection is a distant second to the real thing. Laura forwarded this to me way back at the beginning of April. I'm not sure who wrote it, but I think this person speaks for a lot of us when they write, I pray we don't go back to normal. I pray that the next time a friend grabs me and pulls me in for a hug, I actually take time to appreciate the gift of their embrace. I pray that next time I'm sitting in a crowded restaurant, I take the time to look around at the smiling faces and the loud voices and thank God for the gift of community. I pray that the next time I'm standing in church, listening to the voices of praise and worship, that I take a moment to thank God for the gift of that congregation. Well, back when all this, all this was new, it was novel, pun intended, to wake up, make some coffee, sit down and watch church on the couch. But with a show of hands, how many of you would rather be together? Again, every hand in this room just went up, all both of us. 
Well, singing on the couch, singing on the couch can be authentic worship. But come on, how, how many of you long to hear those voices singing with us right now? Tam is doing, Sam is doing the recording. He is, is nodding. You know, if online school has taught us anything, it's taught us there's a huge difference between virtual teaching and live teaching. To feel that energy around us, to hear that laughter and to hear those amens and all of it happening in real time. To experience those moments, those moments where the Holy Spirit descends upon us and we can feel and sense his presence. Or to experience those moments together of a baptism, a dedication. And then there's the lobby the lobby. How many of you know that the lobby is where we share life? You know, and I, and I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. We are at best months away from hugs and handshakes and choose your own cookies. I get that. But here's what I also get. I also get that the lobby is where we share life. All right, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while before 600 of us can get back together again under the same roof. And it would be easier. It would be a lot easier to just make the call right now and to say, we're just going to do this for the summer and we'll reassess in the fall. It'd be so much easier. But, but, just as churches were among the first to say, all right, we're in. We're going to help slow the spread of this thing so that, that we can give our nation time to really figure out what's going on and also to build capacity. Just as churches were among the first to do that when it came to distancing, I believe churches should be out on the leading edge of how now do we undistance really well? How do we do that really, really well? We are holistic people. And just as our physical health matters, also our mental health matters and our social health matters and our emotional health matters and our mental health matters and our spiritual health matters. So what I want to do this morning is two things. Number one, I want to look at what the scripture has to say about this. And then number two, and please hear my words, do not misunderstand me. I want to challenge us to devote our best thinking and our focused prayer to how we can slowly and responsibly begin to offer people options to meet together in safe, legal, and meaningful ways. That's what we want to do this morning. So here we go. Let's start with scripture. If you have your Bible with you, please open with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Here we go. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. All right. Well, this passage I've heard countless times uh, used by preachers who are using it to say, hey, everybody, make sure you don't forget to go to church but I've never really dug into what it says in context. Here is an abbreviated version of that. Let's do it. And let's begin with that, that phrase, let us consider that we saw there. That phrase in, in Greek 
is a phrase that occurs 14 times in the New Testament. And what it means is to notice or to pay attention or to look closely at. It's not a, hey, maybe you should consider. It's very different than that. It's much stronger than that. Here's how one scholar put it. Believers are to rivet their attention on the need for conscious activities of encouragement among those in the Christian community. All right, so that's what those verses are saying. Let's again, let's look at them in context and let's back up just a little bit. Let's see the, let's look at the verses that, that go right into this. Verses 19 through 23 say this, therefore, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us, let us draw near to a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Some of you might remember Internick. Internick used to say, when you see a therefore, you should ask what it's Therefore, Hebrews was a real first century letter, most likely written to Jews who had begun following Jesus and were facing persecution and imprisonment. And as a result, some of them were walking away from the faith. Everything leading up to the therefore that we just read makes the case that Jesus is worthy of our trust no matter what comes our way. He is greater than the highest angels. He is greater than Moses, the prophet, and Melchizedek, the priest. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact imprint of God's nature. The author of Hebrews makes it clear that God has come near. He lived among us. He broke bread with us. He shed his blood for us. Therefore, says the author of Hebrews, let us draw near, let us hold fast, and let's do those things together. Together. Because we are going to need all the encouragement and support that we can get. Okay, so that's what comes before Hebrews 19 through 25. Let's look at what comes after. This is Hebrews 10, 34 through 39. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith. Remember, says the author of Hebrews, that God has not, God will not, abandon his people. Remind one another of that. All right, let's jump ahead. Hebrews 12, one through two. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Hebrews. Hebrews is one big challenge to trust Jesus. That's what it is. To go all in with those who've gone before us and to be all in with those who are going through this with us. All right, let's look at one last therefore. Verse 28. 
Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that what? Cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. This, all this, and more is the context for don't neglect meeting together. This call to community, this call to do this together, it falls right between there is none like Jesus and let us set our eyes on him. Let's live lives of full devotion. Let's offer authentic worship. That call to community sits right between those things. In light of all that, online church has a place. It has an important place. When it comes to helping more people become more like Jesus, what we're doing right now is important. If meeting a person in person puts you at risk or, or, or others that are close to you at risk, then online church is a helpful way to stay connected, to keep growing, and to maintain God-honoring rhythms. If you're part of a church family, this church family, and you missed a week, online church is a great way to get caught up. If you're exploring Christianity, if you are looking for a safe way to, to get to know a church a little bit more, online is a great way to do that. If you already have a church family and this experience that we have here can help supplement what you're doing with your church family, then great. For all these reasons and more, we are committed to making this virtual experience as helpful and real as we possibly can. All right, but here's the thing. Even if you're not a note taker, I want to invite you to write this down. Let's be very, very careful not to get too comfortable on our couches. Becca, if we were in the same room right now, I know you'd be saying amen to that. All right, and here's something else that follows, a thought that follows that I think is also worth writing down. If we're not careful, couch church can enable appendixes. Let me explain what I mean by that. In 1 Corinthians 12, Scripture says that individual believers were like parts of a body. We're called to be God's hands. We're called to be his feet. What I don't think we're called to be is an appendix. I was pre-med for a little while in college, and I learned about this little part of the body called the appendix. It sits there at the junction of the large and small intestines. And at least back then, nobody was 100% sure of what it actually did. Did it help with our immune system? Maybe. Did it help reboot our digestive system? Maybe. Was it something that once served a purpose, but now it doesn't serve that purpose anymore? Maybe. That's, that's, we didn't, we didn't know, at least back then, what, what this was all about. But here's something that we did know, and you might want to write this down too. Appendixes are either invisible or infected. If the body loses an appendix, there's no noticeable difference. If you want to become invisible, Couch Church is a great way to do that. 
Sometimes appendixes get infected. If you want authentic Christianity to get mixed up with consumer Christianity, Couch Church can be a great place for that too. Well, as we said earlier, online church, it is valuable for a lot of reasons. But I stand by what I said way back in March. And that is this. As a church, we're not going to settle. We're not going to settle for streaming. Let me extend an invitation and then we're going to seal this time with a song. Here's the invitation. And there's a, I, would, I would invite you to write this one down. We invite you to seek new levels of connection with the body of Christ this summer. It could be a long, long, long time before all 600 of us can get together under one roof responsibly. For all the reasons that we've already mentioned, we are committed to continuing to make this virtual experience as real, as helpful as we possibly can. But what about the real, real? As we're able to begin meeting together safely, legally, responsibly, in person, we need your help with three things. Here's number one. We invite you to help us transition towards a multi-use facility. Now, we're not planning to leave the community center. Here's what I mean by that. Growing our capacity to do this, to do online services well, it is wise. We need to be doing it right now for one another. And let's say we can start meeting together all together. If, if we have to get back on our couches, we're going to be really glad that we've got this, right? Well, we are so glad. We are so glad. We're so thankful that Rice Creek Covenant opened their doors to us. And as they begin to open their doors back to their congregation, we need to begin transitioning to, to what's next when it comes to this. And I truly believe that God is beginning to reveal a vision for a place that is far more than a small studio where a tiny group of people get to have all the fun. Imagine, imagine a hub where we could produce and stream content, not just for ECC, but for others as well. Imagine a media center where people could learn and share their talents in video production and animation and mixing and recording and lighting and filming and more. Imagine a performing arts center where people could learn and share their talents for singing and playing instruments and songwriting and acting and dance and painting and drawing and photography and more. Imagine a teen center. Imagine a teen center where teens could come. They could learn to do all of those things. They could meet together. They could learn together. They could have fun together. They could just hang out together. Imagine a collaborative where other like-minded organizations could share space and share resources and share ideas. I mean, this is just a start. Would you help us by praying and thinking and, and, and giving ideas of how we could do that? You know, again, it would, be, it would be so much cheaper. It would be so much easier to just go back to our basement this summer. It'd be so much easier, so much cheaper. But I believe God is starting to give us a vision for, that's a lot grander than that. All right. I believe he's beginning to reveal a grander vision um, than being content with Couch Church. But now you're ready for number two. <laughs> Here we go. Number two. 
We invite you to help us transition towards a multi-use facility and we begin to, we invite you to help us transition towards a multi-site Emmanuel. And I'm not talking a year from now, I'm talking this summer. Let me explain what I mean. It is highly likely that we'll be able to meet safely and responsibly in smaller groups before we can meet safely and responsibly in larger groups. So let's start praying. Let's start brainstorming. Let's start thinking. Let's start planning what many churches could look like. Many churches, they're not going to replace online church over the summer. But what, could, what they could do, they could give us a chance to sing together, to learn together, to lobby together. And of course, of course, of course, we'll do this in a way that is safe and responsible and God-honoring. Imagine, imagine if by the end of the summer, imagine if God added to our number the number of people who are worshiping online, but also imagine if there was a small group of people that could be with us while we're doing this, while we're filming. That would be so great. You could worship with us. You could be here as we do our, our teaching. Imagine if small groups of people were able to start worshiping again at the community center. Imagine if people, in addition to that, were also worshiping in house churches and in backyard churches and in garage churches. Imagine if we could figure out whether it is this summer or sometime in the future. Imagine if we could figure out how we could start planting churches in retirement centers, retirement communities. And this one, this one, this one might be my favorite as a country kid. Imagine if we launched a farm church at Lochner's. <laughs> All right, do we have any of this figured out? Nope, we don't. We don't have any of this figured out. None of it, none of it. But let me say this. Did we have anything figured out back in 2007 when we started church out of a suitcase? No, no. But this church was his idea. He gave us his vision. And you, you got really, really good at doing church out of a suitcase. I was talking to Jason on Tuesday and I'm still not on social media yet. And he, he told me how Facebook has become, quote, a cesspool of shaming, end quote. He told me how some people are shaming other people for playing it too safe. And then he said, there's other people who are shaming other people for taking too many risks. <laughs> and people wonder why I'm not on social media yet. That would drive me nuts. So how about, how about while everyone else is playing the shame game, what if we come together and we seek God and we try to figure some things out? God has gathered an amazing, gifted group of people at Emmanuel. We have doctors and nurses and caregivers. We have counselors and therapists and mental health professionals. We have teachers and coaches and seasoned youth workers. We have CEOs and theologians and consultants and people who have built nonprofits from the ground up. We have great financial minds and legal minds and business minds. We have artists and musicians and creatives. We are in a season that God saw coming. What if this group of people who God has assembled sought his vision for this season? I'm going to tell my girls to do this. Go la, 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 la right now because you've heard this so many times. So la, la, la. 
Guys, we have a chance to experience something really special here. Really special here this summer. All right, got a date for you. As far as an action step, please write this down. Let's gather for a member meeting online via Zoom, Tuesday, May 26th. If you're interested in that, just reach out to Kelsey at Kelsey at Emmanuel.church. We'll put you down and we're gonna start talking, praying, brainstorming about these things. We also have some other business to attend to as well. All right, and you don't have to be a member to join us either for this. There won't be any votes taken, so we would love to have you, have you there with us. All right, and at that meeting, what we'll do, we'll gather, we'll pray, and we'll begin to start figuring some of these things out. Okay, one last thought before we close. This summer, we invite you to help us transition towards a multi-use facility, transition towards a multi-site manual. And number three, we invite you to help us build bridges with other like-minded believers. They say that those giant redwood trees that we have out on the West Coast, that they really have a pretty shallow root system. And what keeps these huge, enormous, beautiful trees upright, especially during a storm, is that their roots are interlocked with one another. Let us, the bigger church of Jesus Christ, not neglect meeting together. I'm convinced that God's calling us to not only become better connected with others in the ECC family and others in the covenant, but I believe God is also calling us to continue to build bridges with others who love and fear the Lord. Can I get an amen? Let's all of us, all of us as individuals, and I'm committed to this, we've already been doing this. Let's us begin to build those relationships with other neighbors that we have that are believers in our neighborhood. Let's start building those relationships. Let's learn about one another's churches. Let's find out what some individual churches are doing really, really well. And then let's explore how we all can be better together. All right, are any of you with me in any of this? If so, again, just take a moment right now, RSVP, Kelsey at Emmanuel.Church, say, hey, I'm in for that meeting. And we'll get you down and we'll send you more information as we get closer. All right, let me pray and let's seal this time together with a great song that speaks to all of this. Father, thank you. Thank you that you've not called us to face life alone, but you've called us to be in real relationship with one another. Let this season that we're in be a wake up call that reminds us that virtual is amazing, but virtual is a distant second to the real. Inspire us to join together like never before as a church, as a denomination, and as your people throughout the world, throughout the centuries. Help us to, to honor you, to trust you, to catch your vision, and to live it out. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.